Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for the our, our inaugural journey on this, this new podcast endeavor that we are calling Punk Till I Die. Uh, my name is Tom. You might know me as uh, better know me as Tom Trauma from the Punk News podcast, or from my many many contributions over the years to Punk News as a writer, reviewer, that kind of thing. And for this particular endeavor, I'm going to be joined by my friend Liverpool Neil, sitting just 190 miles to my left. <laughs> hey. And uh, say hi, say hi, Neil. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Hi, Tom. Hey. So uh, we're. Uh, we're kind of hoping to offer a little bit of different perspective than the typical one, certainly than the typical one you hear on punk news where the old guys are in their mid thirties and they're always like moaning about how old they are. Yeah. Because uh, we're in, cause we're much older than that. Right? Well, yeah, I got a, yeah. I got a decade. You got a couple, right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, so some of you might be familiar with Neil. He also, he's become a pretty frequent contributor at punk news also. And he and I actually got to know each other in a relatively strange way. And that was him, uh, kind of, constantly emailing the regular punk news podcast to sort of correct our errors when it came to like <laughs> classic like 77 style punk sorry I, about I, that I, sorry about no that. no that's all right <laughs> and then uh so so neil lives in suburban chicago and i live in suburban grand rapids so we're about a about a three-hour drive apart so once in a blue moon we're actually able to get together in the in the flesh and yeah that's been and, actually uh, that's been actually very cool doing that it is, Tom. It's, I, it's, I have it, to admit yeah, uh, it, it is. We've always had a good time, haven't we? Yeah, we have. We've been to some and good shows never and drunk some. And we a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> which is why we're doing which this, right? I think right? it's why we think we can do this, right? Yeah, exactly, ex exactly right. But, but you know, your, you know your, your relationship to punk rock, you know, I always talk about how I came into punk rock through first wave punk rock music, but it was already about 10 years old. But the truth of the matter is, you're, you're really a first waver, right? Uh, who? Maybe two years later than First Wave, but well, I guess I started listening in 77, bought my first album in 77, so yeah, I guess you're right, actually. I guess First Wave would about cover it. Um, and, in, and in case people didn't guess from your accent and from the fact that your nickname is Liverpool Neil, you grew up in Liverpool. I did. Um, yeah, let me give you a brief introduction to that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, home, home of the Beatles, right? Exactly. No matter and, what Joe Strummer uh, said about them. And Echo and the Bunnymen, and uh, Dead or Alive, and Teardrop Explodes. Um, Boy, it drops off significantly <laughs> after the Beatles. <laughs> hey, now. Uh, so, yeah, so, but... Accent not so thick anymore because I've actually lived here since 1985. I think I moved over in the middle of Thatcher's uh, reign of terror in uh, You thought, in man, I'm going to escape Thatcher, and you moved over to Reagan. Well, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> the chicks were cuter over here, and I was skateboarding and stuff, so it was uh, that was fun. But We get more, we get more we get, even in Illinois, you get more sunlight than you did over there, right? Without a shadow of a doubt, man. I went to I went to University of Manchester, and I don't think uh, I don't think it didn't rain once the entire three years I was there. I swear. Uh, but yeah, so I've been here since '85, uh, always in Illinois. I used to be down in uh, University of Illinois, down in Champaign, and moved up to Chicago in '89. So I've been up here ever since. So so my accent is a real strange mix of everything. Well, really. it's, it's but odd. you have no but you have no real chicago you don't have a chicago accent at all no sir at least the stereotypical sort of you know right my good goes the best uh, that was horrible that was that was so bad i don't even I don't take that back i don't know what the hell that was but okay yeah, exactly. well you know i i so i actually moved to the grand rapids area in 89 also and i did most of my growing up in uh wisconsin and i and a lot of people say oh you're from wisconsin aren't you? because i still carry a little bit of that stupid 
And you know, it's sort of like that that '70s show, exaggerated. You know, hey, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, or that that weird yeah, like, hey Minnesota, there. yeah, 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 Dakota yep. kind of thing. But I don't know. Now I live in Michigan, and they say they say like the east side of Michigan is the speech center of America. It's as good as speech gets, and it kind of juts out from there. So, well, there you go. So there you go. There's a brief introduction so, so you, to us. So you started, you started listening to you started listening to punk rock in '77. I did. Um, Started listening in 77, my older brother kind of thing, had some records, you know, I was only, I was like 14, 13 years old, something like that, and um, started listening in 77, summer of 77, bought the first Clash album, New Year's Eve, uh, 1978, so that was the last day of 77, and went to my, started going to shows towards the back end of 78, so first show I saw was a Buzzcocks and Subway sacked at Liverpool Empire in, I think it was early November, 78. Was the first and you were, I went to. So you were about fifteen at that point. Yep, that's exactly right. I was fifteen years old and scared, mm. scared shitless. Um. <laughs> you know, that's it, it, it's funny because isn't that what kind of drew you to the whole scene though in the first place? Yeah, the ex- I look at some of the first yeah. shows I went to, and I was not only were if it was at any kind of a club, it was always in the worst neighborhood, and it was everybody seemed more old, everybody seemed older and more worldly, and sort of, yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> It was, it was that 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 original sense of the hair standing on the back up on the back of your neck and thinking you could you, that anything could happen at any time. That sort of, in a strange way, I think it was like a siren song call. T- ten year about ten years later, you know. No, definitely. You know, I, I agree with that a hundred percent because I can remember my mom and dad pulled me up outside of the Empire when they were letting me out, and I was kind of. Uh... And they were like, you don't have to go in if you don't want to. You can just tear up the ticket. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to go in. No, so I paid was, three pounds for that. That's it. Well, I've still got the ticket, funnily enough. It was like £2.50, I think. Uh, <laughs> and so that's the equivalent of our $5, $5 shows. Actually, probably about, shows. Yeah, about 4 bucks. Yeah, about 4 bucks. See the Buzzcocks and Subway Sacked. That was on the Isn't love, that great on the love back in the old tour. days? Even the yeah. cheap shows, you get tickets, though? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, with the little ticket stubs. Yep, yep. Exactly. So I mean, I'm sure I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure you have similar situations where if it wasn't for that ticket stuff, you would hardly remember you were there. Dude, I, I I've gone through from time to time. If I can't sleep and I'm lying in bed, I try and you know in my mind try and think of all the shows I've been to, and it's it's so hard, you know. Yeah. No, I, I get I get you. Just lost in the mists of time. So uh, so anyway, I was thinking between the two of us, I think we've got someone like seventy five years of uh, punk rock experience, right? Yeah, I bet you at least seventy. Yeah, I would say yeah. I'm I'm running about I'm I'm a little over yeah about thirty years, I guess, and you're probably about forty. So I am forty one. Yeah, forty one. That's years. Uh, that's quite. A, I mean, the first show I ever went to was the Beach Boys with my mom. I don't think that counts as a as doesn't a punk really show, especially, no. in the, especially in the eighties, <laughs> right? Funnily enough, no, that doesn't <laughs> really Mike count. Love. <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> The Mike Love era. Well, you know, my 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 parents were not uh, were not particularly hip. Uh, I remember the first time my dad saw my Sex Pistols cassette, which would have been about nineteen eighty seven or something. He was less than thrilled. They've come to accept it over the years. Well, I'd hope so. <laughs> my mother told me I'd outgrow it, but you know, she was much younger than I am when she told me that. <laughs> so hold on a second. Hold on a second. Sex Pistols cassette. Well, you had never mind the bollocks, yeah, I had on, cassette. The bollocks on cassette. And I also had wow. a bootleg. I had a bootleg. Oh, this was the one that my dad really got worked up on. It was called We Have Come for Your Children. Kind of a play on the, I guess, the Dead Boys thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was spelled C-U-M. Oh, and boy. It was on this really <laughs> fly-by-night label called Skyclad. They were kind of like Cleopatra before Cleopatra that put all this out all this garbage. I think they were out of and, Fr- France, I think, or 
because you know that you could find cool stuff in the cutout bins or the dollar bins or whatever. Yep. And and how are these kids now going to build a a big record collection at twenty dollars a pop, thirty dollars a pop? It just doesn't happen, right? Well, they're not right because it's mainly uh, it's mainly all downloading and streaming and stuff. So I mean, I, I know guess. I mean I know people do buy albums still because you see them now everywhere, right? In all the in all the like the the clothing yeah. stores and stuff Urban like Outfitters. that. Urban Outfitters, yeah. yeah, they'll have a they'll have a and it'll just be a strange mix of shit too in there, right? It'll just be what? they'll have some hip hop and then they'll have Fleetwood Mac, you know? Yeah, well, and, even, uh, like, even like Best Buy, you know? I mean, you know, I have I have a good friend who owns a not a good friend, but a friend who owns a giant record store here, you know, in the Grand Rapids area. And when Best Buy came in, he went from doing two million bucks a year or something to half a million bucks a year because Best Buy cut into his business so much. So then what happens? Amazon comes in and kills Best Buy. You go to Best Buy now, they don't even carry CDs and they basically have like three crates of records. That's weird. At Best Buy, they basically have as many records as you would bring to a friend's house, you know? Yeah, yeah. Huh. And it's it's very eclectic. Yeah, it's Jay Z and Metallica, and they're all you know twenty 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 five bucks a piece. But so that, that's another that's another thing that you and I bond over pretty frequently is our uh, record collecting. Well, yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, that was kind of how you uh, judged if somebody was cool or not. If you went around to the house and uh, all they had was like Elton John or some shit, you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I'm not coming over again. You know. Well, so we, so I, I was able to. Uh, I was I was actually in the area for something else, but I, I we uh, we got to hang out. You know, just a few weeks ago now, right? Yeah, it was about a month ago. Yeah. So I, it was kind of one of those scenarios where I actually got to look over your record collection because let's face it. At our age now, nobody ever comes and looks looks at our record collection. So you have this, <laughs> this thought about, yep. man, I got this sweet record collection. Somebody would be so impressed. But meanwhile, like my kids don't give a crap. I know your daughter's a little more friendly to your record collection than yours, you know. But you know, nobody cares. So it's like I, I have to. I, have to, I think I'm gonna have to invite people over to look at my record collection. <laughs> like, no, I, no, you're right. But the problem is, it has to be somebody very specific. It has to be somebody who has the same interests, right? I mean, I can't just. The average guy walking around in his, uh, you know, five finger death punch shirt is probably not going to be that impressed. Yeah, no one's really going to be impressed when I say, "Oh yeah, and this is the uh, first press of the first Agnostic Front album." Believe it or yeah, not, that that doesn't it, normally get girls impressed or anything like that. No, not, I mean, I mean, it might <laughs> some girl, but I don't know if that's the girl you want. But I, I, I'm not sure. But it, it but it's you, you, yeah. You and I have very different approaches because you're very much a first press kind of guy. I just take a new press that plays well. I'm definitely more of a a pragmatic kind of a collector and I've, I've been I've gotten sort of picky about it I know I picked through like the the dollar bin seven inches bought a ton of them but I've, I've gotten pretty picky over the years about what I buy because I have almost everything on on CD or or vinyl at this point that I want I pretty much have everything I want so I'm just basically buying stuff just because I've always bought stuff and it's become such a habit I don't even I don't even really know how to stop. But you're you you got a lot of LPs but you're definitely more of a you consider yourself more of a singles collector yeah well um Definitely back in the punk days of 76, 77, 78, that's what most punk bands were putting out, right? Like a lot of them didn't even get to make an album. Or if they did, they only made one or two, right? But they'd put out like a single every couple months. So punk rock was definitely like a singles genre, 45s, as you call them over here, right? You don't call them singles, do you? Or do you? We call them seven inches, you know? Seven inches, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's because I, I hate to use the term single because, you know, like... Well, my my favorite seven inch of all time is the self titled Negative Approach seven inch. It's got ten songs on it. Oh yeah, EP. Yeah, and it's got, but it's probably you know ten. It's around ten minutes long. Like the first DRI seven inch had twenty two songs on it. I don't even know how you do that. Yeah, 
just cram the cram the grooves together. So when I think single, I always think two songs, but I know you use it kind of as a, a just kind of, a general almost, yeah, almost like a format kind of thing more than uh, more than anything else. Yeah, like the the size, right? That seven inch forty five, you know. Um, what's the, your what's your you 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 have a few bands that you're real completist on, and it was yeah. the jam. Yeah, the jam. I got all the jam uh, singles. I got all the early Buzzcock singles up until they reformed in '89. I got all the Clash singles, which is pretty hard to find. Actually, some of the Clash singles. Mm-hmm. I've even got some Spanish ones. Um, yeah, and a, a small band Smiths. called Yeah Smith. Yeah Smiths. Yeah, yeah. I just completed my Smiths collection because of all the idiots who decided Morrissey was. You want credibility among budding punks, fa- punk fans? You got to tell them that you have all the Smiths singles. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, well, and, and like I said, the the funny thing about that was I managed to complete my collection when all the idiots who decided Morrissey was racist or whatever they decided ah, yes. they were selling all the shit off really cheap. So I managed to <laughs> complete what? complete my collection because of that nonsense. So. Well, it's funny, you know, the, 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 the times are high right now, so the record prices are so high. And those of us, you know, and, and, and I, I think some of us are really waiting for that, that, that alleged recession that's supposed to come so we can, I mean, so we don't have to pay $50 for every piece of crap record that, that comes around. Oh, John keeps, but, John keeps talking about that, doesn't he, on the show? But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, well, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, it you is. Know, it's it's, it's it, you know people on one end of the political spectrum are hoping for it because it proves their point. People on the other end of the you know want the other guy to have it, so it proves their point. So I don't know. It, it, it you know it, I think things will regulate after a while. I think prices are probably a bit higher than they should be right now. But yeah. maybe maybe not. Well, I think I think with the rise of eBay and Discogs and stuff, everybody knows exactly how much their stuff is worth. Well, so it's very difficult to find that you know that bargain album you've been looking for for thirty years, you know, somewhere for two dollars. That's just well, not, that's they don't, just they not going to happen anymore. Worth. They think everybody thinks it's worth the maximum value. Well, yeah, well, it, it, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Something yeah. that you found in Grandpa's, you know, cupboard, and all of a sudden you think it's a mint collector's edition. No, so that's... I think that's actually falsely inflated a little bit but no it's a good point but i i guess what i'm saying is everybody thinks something is worth something because you know because they even grandma can google yeah exactly yeah she can go to ebay and and look at socks man the dream is the dream is dead yeah but but i have to say that it was really nice actually having you over here and having someone looking at my record collection who actually could could appreciate it you know and you're not and you're not such a and you're not such a uh, weirdo that you're like uh try not to get the oil from your fingers under your (laughs) Of course, as soon as I left, you probably had the Q-tips out. <laughs> no, dude. The, no, the funny thing is, where I used to live, um, our records were shoved in the basement, and the cats uh-huh. used to and the cats used to go down there and fucking savage the side of the album sometimes. So, yeah, I'm not a I'm not crazy, even though I do have them all in plastic now. Because yeah, know, yeah, not, I do right? too. Yeah. Because I don't know why not. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a um, I don't have an Instagram for when I buy something new. I know that's very popular with the a certain. Yeah, I don't. Certain, I don't either. Product. I don't either because I. I don't know. It almost seems like showing, especially when it's something new and you're just buying it because it's. This is the one that's in purple vinyl, which was limited to hundred. You know, yeah. it's that kind of nonsense. Now, if I bought like, if I got like the first press of the first damned album, um, then maybe I would do that. But you know. Yeah, well, you know, I I joked with we, you. You mentioned John earlier, and you were talking about John Gentili, who's a regular yes, on, the, I apologize, on the on the yes. regular on the regular Punk New podcast. Yep. I thought I'd, I'd clarify John. that. Yep. Good old John, John and I have been together on Punk News for more than five years. We are a couple of the old guard that are still left. 
Um, and I think just that has given us a certain sense of kinship. The fact that we're kind of the last men standing from the, from a, actually he's been around longer than I am, but from that, from a certain era, it's like we, we were kind of a certain era. Now there's a bunch of young guys in there and, and honestly, most of them are doing a great job. Um, I, I have no complaints and you know, when, when my time comes, I hope I know when my time comes. Well, um, I, I but, do, I do think though, as a long time listener, um, it does need the balance. It needs, yeah. you know, the young blood. Sure, you need the young blood on there, but you also do need someone from the old school as well. So it's been a, it's been a joy to actually hear you on there. So that's that's always well, been thanks, good. Man. And well, John, and John's that, kind of in the middle, you know. You're uh, yeah. Well, that's I would say that's that's your job, man. You are the old school. You're oh. the old old. School. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the I'm the really old fart. Great. Well, it's you know you. you it's good to have different perspectives on this stuff. I think just yeah, because, for sure. for sure, you know, you know, you and I have lamented about the fact that it's just punk rock ain't what it was when we were kids, and 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 a lot of it irritates us. It's it's anytime something evolves, it's it's difficult. I think there's some parts that are just ain't punk at all, and I think there's some parts where we need to kind of just sit back and say, you know, it's not our it's not our thing, and it's not for us anymore. You know, it's it's moved to the next generation. And then, you know, you got to keep one kind of, I try to keep one toe in the new stuff so I know what's going on and one toe that says the old stuff is still better, but still be open-minded to something that something still could come along and knock my socks off. And, and you know, things do occasionally do that. Well, it, it's, it's funny you say that because the one thing I have noticed and the one thing I don't want to be, even though I am old, right? I'm shit, I'm in my mid fifties, but I never want to be the guy, you know, some of the guys on like on that on that Facebook group that we're in, you know, it's yes. if if it if it didn't come out in '77, it's crap kind of thing. You know what I mean? I've yeah. always I've always tried. I want to keep open minded and I want to see new bands and I want to hear new bands that you know that excite me and stuff. So, um, yeah, we we once again to clarify, Neil and I are in this this closed. It's about half British and half American uh, Facebook group of all these older punks, and I think it was kind of developed around like Rebellion Fest. It was well, yeah, a lot people of these going guys to Rebellion. Yeah, yeah, the big, exactly. the, which is the geriatric punk rock festival. <laughs> I mean, if you want to see Peter and the Test Two Babies, that's where you're going, right? And who doesn't? And the Skids <laughs> and whatever else. No, I, as a matter of fact, I take that lineup over any modern day right fest lineup. Yeah, for sure. If we're if we're being honest, but yeah, a lot of them just think everything after about 1982 wasn't good. And yeah, you don't want to be that guy. And a lot of these people are in their 60s. I mean, I swear every week there's two more kick the bucket. You know, right? There's more in memoriams on there than any other. But no, what? So go back to the John thing. The the, the the the. So John doesn't have any children, and maybe he will. I don't know. He's in his mid 30s. Maybe he still will. But my kids really don't care about my records or my books. I've got a lot of punk biographies signed. You know, stuff that I've hand collected over the years that I, I take great joy in, but I just have this fear that one day they're going to just back a dumpster into my driveway and the kids are just going to gleefully like toss all this stuff out the window into this dumpster. Oh, dude, I've got just the opposite problem. My, my daughter wants to go over and take it now. Oh my gosh, she does. I mean, she thinks she says she talks about her collection. I'm like, what do you mean yours? She goes, well, maybe, she I'll goes well, my, maybe I'll leave mine to her too. <laughs> yeah, because, do because uh, she'll love it. She'd be thrilled because uh, I, I was joking with John the other day. I said, "John, you don't have a, you don't have an any airs for this, these records," and I I don't either. But my wife knows people that could help to liquidate the stuff at a good price. <laughs> That's a difference. So if as long as uh, if I go too early, she'll get rid of it all at a, at a halfway decent price with, through a friend of mine. But uh, but I said to John, we should sign a a pact right now that whoever dies first gets the other's record collection. Because there's no, because there's no air, you know, no air apparent. No now, apparent, obviously, right. your daughter wants yours. I don't expect you, you know, I don't expect you to do the same. But John's like, nah, that that won't work because it'll be like spy versus spy. 
Oh yeah, you guys will be trying to kill each around, other. To yeah. kill <laughs> he's got a lot. He's got a lot more than I do, but he also has very eclectic tastes. And the older I get, the less eclectic my tastes are. Interesting. You know, it's like you get to the point where, and and I'm I, I you could probably agree with this where it's like, man, life's too short. I'm going to listen to what I like. I'm not really trying to expand my horizons at least beyond the punk realm. And I'm still trying to, you know, and thrash. I look, cause I love thrash. So I'm still trying to keep track of the new bands to a certain extent in that, if they're right in my wheelhouse, but I'm not really looking to appreciate, you know, develop an appreciation for jazz or something in my mid forties. <laughs> That's funny. You say that I tried to actually listen to some jazz last weekend when I was <laughs> feeling hungover on a Sunday morning. Yeah, it, it didn't. It you feel didn't, like you're wa- you feel like you're watching upscale porno. It didn't work so well. That's I, it almost gave me a freaking migraine. Let me tell you. But uh, yeah. I tell you what, it's should not, we should, should we do a song break? Should we uh, yes, should we please. play something? Go ahead. You, you you go ahead and take the first song. Okay. Um. Oh, well, actually, this is this is from you, someone from your neck of the woods. Actually, yes. uh, I'm gonna play a song by the Crucifix, who are from Michigan. Whereabouts were they yeah, from? Lansing, Lansing, Lansing Michigan. State. Okay. This is off their first album, their classic first album, just called The Crucifix, and this song is called Hinckley Had a Vision, and if you don't know who John Hinckley was, he is the guy that tried to kill Ronald Reagan, so tried to assassinate him, yeah, so The Crucifix wrote a song about it, and religion is mixed in there too, and it's extraordinarily offensive, and it's great, (laughs) so here we go, The Crucifix with Hinckley Had a Vision. I'm not going to give you my address. Well, this is this is bordering on the ridiculous. Now it's just a bunch of kids coming from all over the state to uh, all over the state, huh? Uh huh. Okay, we'll. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you move it someplace else or call it off so we don't have any problems. Well, there won't be any problems if you people would just stay away because there's not going to be a noise problem. You guys are going to have to prove that there is. Oh, we'll be able to prove. Because we'll have an attorney there, we'll have the newspapers there, and and. Uh, you know, you guys, you, you, you should have a little bit more pride in your job and, and and not go so out of your way to make fools of yourself. Well, that's a matter of opinion. It's a matter of intelligence. <laughs> Head and mail it to them in a garbage bag. 
Okay. Hope you all enjoyed that. Some classic. I, I know. I know. I did some classic lines in there. Absolutely classic. Who's going to cut off the president's head and mail it to them in the garbage bag? I mean, <laughs> shit. That's uh... you know, Doc. <laughs> so Doc, Dar, you know, they they were uh, they that they were a band from Lansing, and they were. And I know later on their albums were I can't were they were the albums originally on Alternative Tentacles or were they just later repressed by Alternative Tentacles? No, I'm not the, sure. The first one I was on. The first one was for sure. I know that. Okay, the second one was too. Then I know the yeah. second one was. But yeah, it was definitely. I think uh, Doc Dart and Jello back in the day were Doc Dart was a singer. Were sort of kindred spirits, and they both sort of had voices that only a mother could love. Yes. If we're being honest, Doc Dart has one of the most unusual voices but unfortunately he's sort of so he's he was the son of a very wealthy uh manufacturing slash banking family and i mean if you grow up in a wealthy family what could you possibly do to be more uh rebellious than to you know disavow your entire upbringing and sing some of the most vile cop killing memorable <laughs> songs yeah. punk rock songs ever yeah some of the songs on that second album are tough to listen to let me tell you yeah yeah but it, it is and you know and i remember you saying you, you know to quote you know to mention something you said earlier it's like this is what punk rock was supposed to sound like right you know it wasn't supposed to be touchy feely and i mean listen people appreciate your friends drink whiskey with them love them but you know listen to better music Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Um, it's funny and, that, and it, and it worked out really well for Doctor Dart too, because I think he lost his mind in like uh, <laughs> his woods and feeds deer now or something. <laughs> yeah, I think his house is all boarded up and shit, and he just sits yeah, in there and it, like yells at people. There's there's very little information available about him at this point, but he is an eccentric, eccentric. No question about it. Now, what's funny is on that second album, which is just called Wisconsin, I believe, right? Yes. Um, which was recorded a few years after that first much, one. Much mellower musically. Well, f- v- vocally on that second album at times, he sounds like Pete Shelley, especially some of the Pete Shelley solo work, um, you huh. know, a couple of those Pete Shelley solo albums. But there's a couple of songs on there where he's actually trying to sing, and he does, yeah, he yeah. does I sound... I mean, even the title track, Back to Old Wisconsin, it's yep. very melodic, but yep. yeah, he's, he can't sing. Yeah, he does his best. And it wasn't, you know... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like my. I don't want to sound like my parents or something. But yeah, the dude couldn't sing. But it doesn't matter. He made it work, right? Because the fact of the matter is, a lot of those bands, you know, you could get away with if you had the enough passion and enough power, you could get away without a t- ton of talent. Oh, and I and at the beginning of that track, I'm sorry, I should have announced this. The beginning of that track, there's actually on the album they have a lot of uh, cuts between the tracks, which is just him calling up the cops and stuff, or the cops yeah. calling him and telling him that <laughs> it's, they it's can't perfect. play. It's fantastic. It's really great. It's yeah. a guy complaining. I I see the name of this band. I, I can't even say it because it's it's so offensive. And what are you gonna do about? It? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The concerned citizen call. It is it is really great, and it works as an album. That first album, it really works as an album. It's got fifteen I don't know fifteen tracks or whatever, and it works as a. It really works as an album. I, I, I mean, I hate to recommend something so profane to you kids, but you should listen to it. It rocks. I don't, know if, that's, I don't yeah. know if that's available on, I don't know if it's streams or, I mean, there's a, I think the original copies, of the LP are probably pretty hard to come by, but they did a compilation maybe 15 years ago or 20 years ago called Our Will, Our Be, Will Done. Be Done or something like that. And it had both oh. LPs. Yeah. Our Will and Be it Done. Had, yeah. And it had, and it had both LPs and uh, maybe an extra track or two, like a comp track. Yeah. 
So it's worth hunting down. That was on Alternative Tentacles also. Which, I, this could easily lead to another conversation about uh, Alternative Tentacles compilations that we Neil and I have had privately. But instead, I want to talk about... Um, so you just went and saw... So you you actually been to a handful of shows lately. So the, the, the difference, you know, I, it's definitely come to my attention that suburban Chicago is a lot better place to live for shows lately than suburban Grand Rapids because we've had crap, man. I haven't had hardly any. I mean, there's been some decent little little shows, local shows, but we haven't had any big names even the whole year, honestly. But anyway, the last week you've seen. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been big for me. I don't normally go to more than one every couple of weeks, but this week there's been like three shows, right? Um. I saw Tiger Army on Sunday, and I saw Stiff Little Fingers and the Avengers on Wednesday, and then um, Mast Intruder and the Bomb Pops played on Saturday. So yeah, so there was three shows inside of six days. Um, probably the best one of the lot was the the Stiff Little Fingers show on Wednesday was fantastic. That was really really good. Um, just now, great. I, I haven't seen them for a few years, but it was I, I, I saw them, oh, a couple times, maybe like five years ago. Once was at a, a big outdoor Rye Fest thing, and once was inside, and I thought they were I thought they were really good, even though Jake Burns seems to think he's a cowboy or something. He was wearing that same shirt this time, yes. I think, I think it, he but, has multiple colors. I th- well, I think that one of the things is uh, he's gotten to be a bigger guy now, and yeah, I, I think... I think he just wears whatever he feels what's comfortable and what fits. So I don't think he's trying. <laughs> I don't think I he's mean, trying are, are to we, be a cowboy. We, so but... next year when they so so this was the the cool thing about this show they were doing the whole Inflammable Materials album. Yeah, exactly. It was the 40th year of uh, Inflammable Materials. So what I thought was cool was normally if you see a band you know touring an album, they'll start the set with that album and they play it back to front. Oh, front to back, I should say. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, and then yeah. and then they'll do like a greatest hits set afterwards. Yep, yep. But what was cool about this one was they actually started with an eclectic mix of songs at the beginning because, you know, they wanted to warm up and stuff, which makes sense, right? And then they after yeah. like after about seven or eight songs, then they started the inflammable material set. Which which, which that album's only about what, thirty five minutes long or so? It is. Maybe a it, little longer live, maybe like forty five. Uh they played some of the songs pretty damn fast. Um really? Yeah, and I was just amazed by how, by the intensity and just how yeah. you can still tell how much those songs mean to them. <laughs> and um, that's crazy considering yeah. they were probably barely more than teenagers when they wrote them. Yeah, and and that's another thing. Jake like introduces all of the songs. He tells you, you know, what they were thinking about when they wrote them and stuff like that. And they're very self-deprecating. And it's you know, and it's a it's just a great great show. Um, I saw them two years ago when they did a similar thing, except it was like the 40 year anniversary of the band itself mm. and they played metro that night and it, that one wasn't that good but this one was much much better um you you said when you saw metro a couple of years ago there wasn't a ton of people there There was only like 200 people there it was really sad actually uh well yeah well for a couple of reasons a because it's stiff little fingers one of the one of the great bands of all time and b jake burns has been living in the chicago area for 20 years or something right yes he's a he local has. He's a local, yeah, yeah. He owns a bar. I'm not quite sure what bar he owns, but I know, really? he, he, yeah, he owns a bar in town. Yeah. Well, we got to figure that out because next time I'm in town. Yeah, I mean, I would say Liars Club because he wrote a song called Liars Club on the last album, but I don't, I, know I don't Club. think I it is. There, yeah. Have you been to Liars? You, you have I have. Some, you, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah it's, a, it's a good dive bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little punk place. Yep, exactly. Uh, Channel Three played there just a couple weeks ago, I believe. Actually. Wow, what are we talking about? A couple hundred capacity? 
Uh, tops, yeah. Huh. But maybe like 150 or something like that. But uh, I, was, I, I was really jealous not to be able to come to this show because I, I've seen Little Fingers a couple times. Love the band. First couple albums are just about as good as anything that anybody's done. And but the Avengers were opening, which one of those bands I never got. To, you know, being a Midwesterner, you know, a lot of these coastal bands never make it out here. Yeah, exactly. And that was that was one of the draws for me too. They were like a, a bucket list band for me. Um, never seen them. That first album was always kind of mythical, you know. Yeah. Um, fantastic, fantastic album, which I've listened to a lot over the last two weeks, and I it it really has stood the test of time. That is a great record. And, and you uh, bought the you bought the new Superior Viaduct repress. I did. Um, I can't believe you didn't go online and pay. $200 for the original or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Well, I thought about it, but even the original isn't really an original, right? Cause it didn't come out. Yeah, Cause it wasn't, a, it, well, and it wasn't an LP. It was, it was a compilation. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. just a compilation of other stuff. So, um, but the pink album is a classic, no question. Yeah. But I did actually go online and look at how much their first EP that we are the one EP would be. And that okay. was like, that's like $600. So I wasn't going to do that. See now they're all, <laughs> they've all been reissued through that superior viaduct label. Yeah. I was looking at the original. So Tom, I have to say, Come on, for eight bucks. Get the new, eight bucks sounds great. Sounds better than the original. It's eight bucks, probably heavier, heavier grain vinyl. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? It's eight dollars, but the, all the songs are on the pink album anyway. So it's not the yeah, songs; it's the owning that piece of history in your hand, yeah, right? I, I guess. But they, I guess but they, so, they sounded good, also. They were fantastic. It's uh, Penelope and the original guitar player. Sorry, I can't remember his name. And is then, that her husband? yes, you know, I believe so. It is okay. I He's the guy who wrote so, yeah. Spirit, I think. Yeah. And then the bass player was the original bass player from the Zeros, who have been around since 76, oh, yeah. 77 in L.A. Yeah, early San Francisco. Oh, were yeah. they L.A.? Okay. Oh, I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I, the band was just tight as hell, and they played. It was basically all the Pink album, right? There was there was no other stuff, but they it was really good. It was, yeah, it was definitely worth seeing, so... Did they not play? Huh. Did they not play Detroit on that tour or anything? Nothing by you? No, they didn't. They hardly did any Midwest. As a matter of fact, I think they did Columbus and Chicago. So I can't remember what they did, but no, they did not do Detroit. Um, and Detroit has been getting passed over. It seems like more regularly, but it, it, Detroit has a pretty decent punk scene, a pretty thriving punk scene. But it's only a you know the, the town's only a, at this point only a quarter the size of Chicago, if that. Yeah. I mean, I think Chicago's around three million. Detroit's down to like six hundred thousand. But we have we, big suburbs, sprawling suburbs, you know. Yeah, well, same with Chicago, it, really. Yeah, everyone's moved yeah, out yeah, to the suburbs. Yeah, it's true. But I, th- but I think in the city of Chicago, there's, I mean, there's at least a couple million people. It's big. But it's it, it, that doesn't even seem to matter. I, I, it's like you know, bands rise and fall from favor. And you were saying, you know, the Metro, great club, where you saw them last time, and it was a very poor turnout. I don't know if it's. You know, because they're doing the 40th anniversary of the inflammable materials thing. If it's kind of renewed the interest or what, but I my my hope is that now, granted, we probably won't get the Avengers. My hope is that they do nobody's hero 40th anniversary next year, and I can catch them on that. Because I don't tell anybody because I know it's blasphemous, but I think I'm that might be my favorite album by them. See, but that... it's the, the first two are so good. I mean, I don't even want I wouldn't even want to pick a favorite, but but I really love that nobody's heroes album. No, that is a that is a great album too. Now the funny thing is, when they did that that greatest hits kind of set at the beginning, they actually played more songs from the third album than they did for the second. They played like see, they played like four songs from Go for It, which was which is a know, gra- it's a great album too, but it's a see, bit more commercial. A, I, I gotta say, I've never listened to that. Yeah, it's good. 
It's it's a good album. It's a bit more but commercial. They, but... they they were one of those bands that kind of fell off, right? I mean, they they put out some real garbage, if I'm not mistaken, or am I am I overstating it? <laughs> uh, I I well, real garbage compared <laughs> to what? Compared to Blink One Eighty Two? No, <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Fair enough. But um, not well. Y- yeah, I mean, Nobody's Hero came out in eighty. Yes, and 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 you know that was. It, it, Man, there wasn't a lot of great punk left from the first wave in 1980, if we're being honest. Yeah, 80, 80, 81, 82, a lot yeah. of the people started getting a bit more poppy and stuff like that. And that's what Stiff, I mean, that happened to Stiff Little Fingers too, right? In fact, I think they split for a while and he, he had his own band going called Big <laughs> Wheel, I believe. Um, yeah. And then they reformed. And then the funny thing is they actually had uh, the bass player from the jam played with him for about 20 years. In those really? in those like lost years in the from the in the nineties through the early two thousands, yeah, Bruce Foxton played bass with him for on like four albums. And, so now uh, the the original bass player is back with him, yes. and he was several years ago when I saw him too. Yes, he's been back with him since Bruce Foxton left, which is probably about fifteen sixteen years ago now. So I saw um, it was at a club. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know what part of town it's in. In Chicago, called the Concord. Oh, Concord Musical. Concord Music Hall. Yeah. It is among the least punk venues I've been to. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like a coat check, yeah. uh, glass bars kind of a place, but I actually saw Cox Bar and Stiff Little Fingers play there. Oh, that's a great lineup. It was an amazing show. As a matter of fact, I haven't seen Cox Bar since, and I sure would love to. And, you know, they played last year for Riot Fest, this, this, just this year, 2019, they played Reggie's in Chicago, which would have been amazing. A tiny club only holds about 500 packed 500 um but that show was so good that i'm almost afraid to see him again honestly it was one of the best shows i've ever seen the cox bar was so good they were already geezers i mean they've been geezers oh sure yeah yeah they've... i'm pretty sure they really started going again when they retired <laughs> like they're all pensioners from the post office or something and now they're coming back over here to play shows but they're a great they're anyway they're a great band no it's funny it's funny you said that because i mean that was true what what you said about 10 minutes ago um bands do go through a renaissance or whatever and stiff little fingers they weren't popular at all for you know 15 years in the mid 90s or whatever but now it seems like they're back and you know bigger than ever and coxborough was like that too right i mean they had a lot of well they were they were always you know the thing with coxborough is they were such a rare commodity they played so few shows here and they still do really they still only play a handful of shows in the states every year yeah so they, you know, they don't, these bands that tour themselves out, uh, you know, I, I can name a couple of them right off the top of my head, great bands that I love that have toured so much, they kind of driven their price down. Agent Orange, constantly yes. on the road. Yeah, definitely agree. They great, great there. band. Their first album can hold its own with just about anything. I mean, it's amazing. But they just constantly tour. So you, at some point you're like, well, they were here last year. They'll be here next year. I'm gonna, you know, am I gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip it this Tuesday night or whatever. And the other one I think it was the Queers. Now they don't, they don't seem to be on the road as much as they were, but they used to just tour year after year after year. So, you know, there's nothing particularly special about it. But Cox Bar was still an event. They don't do tours. It's not like you're gonna be on the road for six weeks. They'll come play a couple of shows in the East Coast, a couple of shows in the West Coast. You know. Now the funny thing about. The funny thing about them was they, uh, I mean, they released their first single in like 77, right? We Love You, I think was 77. And then it's like they but they went... started like five years before that. Well, they yeah. were one of those yeah, they one were. Of those bands like the Stranglers or one of the older, you know, UK subs or whatever, that, where the guys actually were pre-punk or actually playing music before punk. Yep. But the, but the funny thing was they released that single in 77 and then 
didn't do anything. And then like yeah, because oh, it was eighty two before yep. uh, Shock Troops came out. Shock Troops, yeah. So like by that time, the Cockney Rejects had come out, the Business had come out, all those yep. all those newer younger bands were kind of doing the same thing, but taking it a step above but they always i mean i think they were pretty influential that first single i guess i well no they well, were no okay they, so they made the first album and it was only available on the spanish label yeah the self-titled album yep. I, I don't know maybe that was widely circulated among that crowd mm-hmm. i don't know well it wasn't that really wasn't as much like street punk as it was almost like like you said they were doing some pub stuff they were doing some mm. glam kind of stuff so it mm. wasn't like that but so younger bands like the cockney rejects came through and you know they they took all the thunder so i mean i i knew of cock sparrow back then but they didn't they weren't putting anything out you know they were huh. they, 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 almost, they almost cockney rejects are another one where, where man they came out of the gate strong yeah couple of really great but but boy by the time you get to the power and the glory it was pretty bad well that's when they decided they wanted to be a metal band they wanted to sound like ufo or something like that yeah well they were they were going that way and it it was was, just the production it was so gutless well it was was, well that's funny because it was produced by the guy from ufo i believe pete way i believe produced that and then they did a couple more metal albums and then they realized that that's not what was working for them at all and then they went back to to be now they're st- playing Rebellion every other year. Well, yeah. Well, that last album of theirs, East End, uh, what was that? East End, shit, what was it called? Uh, East End Babylon. Yeah, East End Babylon was fantastic. That was probably was the best. Really? That was probably yeah, the I best album. Even, probably the best album since the first album. That was a fantastic album. Huh. Yeah, and they also did a DVD as well, like kind of like their life story kind of thing, which was actually really good as well. The only yeah. band brave enough to call their debut album Greatest Hits Volume 1. Yeah, <laughs> and then Greatest Hits Volume 2 and Volume 3 yeah. was the last Unfortunately, they ran out of hits by the second or third volume. <laughs> yeah. Well, then they did it. I think they did a Volume 4, which was some of the metal stuff. So, hmm. interesting band. Yeah, I saw them at Reggie's a few years ago when there was a, a lot of fights. So, we can talk about that on another show. That Was, was there skinheads here? There was a ton of skinheads that you would like, never see. Like racist see. skinheads? Well, I don't know because they were all white, so... It was tough. It was tough to say, but they were fight. But they were they were fighting with each other. Apparently, it was the north the north side skinheads versus the south side skinheads. So uh, I would have thought there'd be so few skinheads these days that they'd all want to come together and have a good time. But no, they came together it's, to it's fight. It's very rare that I roll up at a show anymore where I see any. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just a few of the, I don't know, more traditional oi, oi bands. There was never in in Grand Rapids. There was never a huge. Uh, like racist skinhead contingency, but Detroit was bad. Detroit's always been a, a city with a lot of racial tensions, and there were a few places that didn't really try to keep them out. And man, there was there was yeah, definitely. You know, I talked about how the, you know the, what drew me in originally was that kind of fear of violence or that sort of threat. But once I actually saw a few people get their faces kicked in, and definitely the romance of the of the perceived violence was gone. Yeah, I mean, I see what you mean by that, but you but you do remember those gigs, don't you? Those, those ones, those, those ones I, I stay with sitting, you. I remember sitting in the hospital parking lot drinking a six pack with my brother while my friend got his face stitched up too. Oh dear. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry it was you, buddy. That sucks. But uh, you know, well, one no, of... and the fact of the matter is, I look back at it now and I go, boy, I was a great friend. We literally dropped him off at the ER, and we're just like, oh, what are we gonna do now? And we went and got beer, and we sat in the hospital parking lot and drank it. Oh, you waited that for him. That was nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was my life. Yeah, it was good. That was my life back in those days. Well, so in England back in the day, we didn't just have, it wasn't just like, well, it was uh, very tribalistic, right? So we had the punks and the skins and the mods and the, you know, teddy boys and the, and the heavy metal kids, the sweats, right? So they'd all fight each other. But even then, amongst the same scene, 
if you went to a different city, you would have like it was like football violence too. So case in point, uh, my favorite band back then was the Jam, right? So and my my favorite gigs still is uh, when I saw the Jam in '79 on the Setting Suns tour, um, and they were banned from Liverpool, so they had to play this theater in uh, North Wales, which is actually, it's, it sounds like a long way away, but it's just over the river from Liverpool, right? It's only like 30 minutes in a train people, or something. People in America know that your whole country is like the size of Minnesota. Exactly, right? So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's like 30, 40 minutes on the train. So North Wales. So there was a bunch of North Wales mods, and then all the crew from Liverpool came. Everybody dressed the train. Nice. Holy shit. It was, uh, it was the whole, that place probably held like about 3,000 people. And it was wow. ju- it was just like a street fight from from the from the get go. That was insane, um, but it was great. It was <laughs> it's still my favorite gig of all time. So the jam were fantastic, and you know the cr- crowd was constantly swaying and moving around because of the fighting and stuff. It was uh, this is kind of weird, right? Me talking about this like it was the best thing I've ever seen, and all it was was a big <laughs> fight. But it was just I don't know, man. It was like getting off the train. Well, there's like 500 of you getting off the train together. It was just this feeling of power. It was weird. Enjoyed well, it. And, you know, it's, it's funny because one of the things that us old farts like to talk about is this this idea of this idea of safe spaces. Oh, don't even because, Well, because it was the it was the danger that drew it drew us to it. And I could hear younger people going, oh, screw these people. Um, because there was no. You know, there was no censorship of any kind of ideology for the most part. I mean, because it was, you know, there were there were there were racist skinheads occasionally. There were kind of the the communist crowd. There was all these different all these different crowds, and they didn't agree with one another. But there wasn't any strong desire to try to keep any one group out. You know, as long as they were as long as everybody was sort of cool. And the fact of the matter is, there was still a kinship among the you know the outcasts among the outcasts. Oh yeah, no, that's definitely true. And but, everything's gotten so homogenized now. I think. Yep. Yeah, it's lost its edge completely. When you go to a show, there's yeah, there's nothing, nothing like it's not at all like it used to be. Um, and I don't mean to sound old when I'm saying that, but it just isn't. There, there is no sense of <laughs> you can't there's help no it. sense of there's no you sen- can't help it because I, I am because I am old. No, exactly. there's, there's no there's no sense of danger. There's not much of a sense of excitement. I don't know. It's it's yes, it's, it's just like, different. You know, it, it's if just I go different. To a show I try to park in a really bad neighborhood. <laughs> I get that sense of danger when I'm walking back to my car. Well, dude, I tell you what, when you like stiff little fingers was at the bottom lounge, which is right underneath the L tracks, and that okay. it, there, there no is there is there is no good place to park over there. Let me tell you, it's uh, no. No, the last time I went there was a, saw face to face, and my buddy got his car broken into. So yeah, that's not a. But it's still better than going downtown to the House of Blues and paying twelve dollars for beer and. Oh my god! Right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, talk about homogenized, right? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, they'll sell you Rebellion at $100 a pint. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. So, so the other show you went and saw was, was Tiger Army, and that was at, that was at the... Uh, that was at the Metro. That was the at the Metro. Metro. And the beautiful thing about that is there's that little bar right next door called the G-Man. Yes, and... yes. Oh, I've, I've, I've... Back in the old days... Uh, the old days, I don't know, not that long ago, but uh, Brandon from Lawrence Arms, you know Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you yeah, at least yeah. know Lawrence. Arms. I, I've never really got into it, but they're a Chicago band, of course. Used to bartend, and I think Monday nights. Okay. And I got to tell you, that was one of my most uh, drunken experiences ever, and I don't say that lightly. 
Yeah, I I. But anyway, no, I know the G Man. It's a great it's a it's a great bar, and I hope the yuppies in Wrigleyville don't push that out in the metro and you know everything else and replace it with a you know sports bar with 50 million big screen tvs or whatever oh well, they have enough of those already so hopefully well, you never hopefully have, you never not man much. hopefully not but never no, too much. no it's true but it's great because it's a great place to meet up before the show because it's right yeah. next door and then you go in and then you... it's amazing because it gets full but it doesn't get that full right exactly it's like the seamsters just come down to the show and they don't even you know because when we go to a show and and usually if we can not always because sometimes we, we don't have time but it's usually try to make an experience you know yeah definitely Sometimes we go to dinner first meet up for drinks whatever and you know obviously the show that you and i were able to go together we did that and when scott and i go to a show usually we try to make it a little you know vacation from life sorry mm-hmm. scott's scott's a friend of mine that neil knows that i go to 90 percent of the shows i go to i go with my buddy scott we've been friends for 40 years blah 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 anyway um but yeah, it's amazing. You'd think that place would be fuller than it is. Yeah, no, it's true. But I think a lot of people, if they come in from the suburbs to the show, they meet the, the especially on a Sunday night. It was a Sunday night, right? So yeah, yeah. they probably all got back in their cars and drove back to the suburbs. And that's probably what I should have done too. But like an idiot, I after the show, I went in there and started drinking some. And then the bands came in. Now the, the the opening band came in, and we were partying with them, which was cool. And then the drummer from Tiger Tiger Army came in, and we were partying with him. And it was uh, before you knew it, it was one o'clock in the morning, and oh. I, was, I was faced with going getting up for work in four hours. So that you know that was <laughs> so. It. So you you really liked that first opening band that you got to hang out with? Why don't you I, name drop them real quick? I, I did remember. the band. I, I don't even I don't know if it's the name of the band or whether it's the name of the woman. It was Kate. You know if it's like Alice Cooper or if it's like Alice yeah. Cooper the band or Alice Cooper the man. Exactly. So the the, the name of the woman slash band is Kate Clover, and Kate. Clay, right. Kate Clover. Yep, she has one one single out on at least on the uh, on Apple Music. There's like one one track by her, and uh, if you look it up on YouTube, it's a really really good song actually. And uh, they were super nice people. Like they couldn't have been cooler. And uh, we were talking she, to him. She looks a little bit. I, I I saw your selfie on social media. Yep. She looks a little bit like a young Debbie Harry. I think actually, actually I think she's better looking than Debbie Harry. But she's. Uh, she looks... <laughs> I don't know, man. Some of those shots of Debbie Harry <laughs> in the late seventies. I mean, yeah. she was a little scrawny for my taste, but she was super attractive. Yeah. True enough. True enough. But yeah, um... I, uh, I, I I don't know. You know, next time you go drinking with this strange woman, I'll have to come with you and be the judge. <laughs> Okay, it's a bet. <laughs> Next time they come through Chicago, they're for sure. from LA, right? They're from LA, yeah. All all the bands on that bill were from LA. There was Kate Clover and uh, Sad Girl, who were sad, and then Tiger Army, who were. Um... Oh, I love sad, love those sad bands, man. Oh, jeez, don't get I'm, me, uh, there's, don't get there's me started. There's a band of local kids here, and they're such nice kids. And uh, the next show I'm going to is uh, next week. Uh, my old pal, the Eradicator, who's this strange masked man you got to see him who screams about playing squash he's actually doing a multiple release parties for his new album and one of them is gonna be up in here in grand rapids he runs a little label and there's a grand rapids band in his label so he actually has a pretty rich history with grand rapids but the opener they're such nice kids i like them a lot they're but but their band is so mopey <laughs> it's like it's like the saddest smashing pumpkins yeah, and yeah. I don't want to be mean to him, so I think I'll probably try to show up late because I'll probably write about the show. <laughs> you don't want to say anything mean. See, I don't. But I, don't... I just I, I think they're nice kids, and I think they're talented. But it, in the, you know, I have to recognize the fact that they're not making music for me. Right? Who are they making music for? I don't know. I, whoever <laughs> was listening to Smashing Pump, it's amazing. They're they're really playing a style of music that was popular before they were born. 
Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, the, uh, there was a time in my life where I always skipped the local openers, but over the years doing the punk news thing, you know, people find you. So I become friendly with so many of the opening bands. So I almost always have to go on time now. Well, that's, I mean, I mean, I, I always try and do that because I, I mean, I don't want to name drop some of the bands I've seen opening for other bands over the years, but it's, it's a pretty fucking impressive list. Um, Joy Division being one and the Smiths being another, yeah. but um, so I always try and st- I always try and see the opening bands, you know, good or bad, uh, and I always well, try. You know, we've talked about that too. How you know, you know, you'd see a band come through, and you go see them play, and if you like the opening band, the, the the club circuit, that same small club, the next year the opening band would come and play. Yeah, exactly. And you go see them, and if they had a good opening, you know, you know, I, I made the example. The one, I, the first one that pops to my mind is seeing the Dickies play back in the day. And they had uh, the great band Degeneration open for them. Oh, love Degeneration! So then Fantastic the next year, yeah. Degeneration comes around, and we go see them. And you know, yep. I don't even remember who opened for the, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, these were non-ticketed shows. These are like the six, five, six bucks at the door, ten bucks at the door kind of thing. Owner I, puts it right up his nose as soon as you hand it to him. Oh, I, th- I think I think I might be able to help you out with that one. Um, Degeneration toured was the band Fluffy. Was it an English girl, an English band no, with uh, no with girl singer? The club that I'm talking about, they had uh, $1 skull beers, which we thought were so exotic. I'm pretty sure it was Natty Light. <laughs> but when it lacked in quality, it made up for in quantity. Yeah, for a dollar, sure. So we definitely had some yeah. interesting nights. It was in a horrible, horrible neighborhood. You would sometimes just keep a few loose dollars in your front pocket because it was easier just to kind of pass them out and keep moving than it was to yeah, I get you. stop and deal with the, with yeah. the constant the constant harassment no but that's true because i know what you mean because i saw degeneration open for social d on a tour and then they came through headline and like a year later when fluffy was opening up for him so they're always a good <laughs> always a good band live and so, no sorry go ahead no, i was gonna say and, and the interesting thing about them is the bass player howie pyro was actually with sid vicious the night he died ah so. uh, yes you know i remember seeing a like a poorly made <sighs> I hate to call it a doc. No, it was a documentary because one of the guys from the Misfits too, Jerry Only mm-hmm. or something too, right? Jerry Only was, was there. As it was. Well, yeah. It was this. Uh, it was. It, it wasn't super poorly made, but it was about how it was basically this documentary about how Sid didn't kill Nancy. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. I've actually, seen that. It was yeah. actually fairly compelling. Yeah, for sure. Because Sid was just such a you know, Sid's such an iconic figure now. But the fact of the matter is, he was just a dumb kid. A dumb kid. Twenty one, yep. twenty two years old or something. Yep, that's exactly right. Twenty one, I think. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's 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 just tragic. But he was just a, you know, he was just a dumb kid. He wasn't anything more than that. Yeah, and the police didn't do any investigation at all. They saw no, him in the room and, and just. And it, it definitely seems like there was a pretty good chance that some drug dealer killed Nancy, not Sid. Yeah, exactly right. Because all the money was gone from the room. Because he just made a bunch of money playing Maxes that night or something like that, and all the money was, all the cash was gone. Ugh. We'll never know, will we? But you we'll know, I guess the, I guess the good news is when the Pistols got back together for that filthy lucre in the '90s, at least they had, you know, a proper bass player. <laughs> yeah, good old Glenn was back in the band. Yes, yeah, my leg was back. Yeah. Hey, do you want to so, play? Do you, do you want to play a song? I am. I'm going to play a song. Actually, you know, I picked this. You told me ahead of time what you were going to play, so I actually picked out a song that's complimentary. Um. And once again, this is a, this is the next generation beyond the Crucifix. This is ten years later, but it's definitely in the same vein. Um, this is a band called Caustic Christ. I think they're from Pittsburgh, and at least one or two of the guys was originally in a band called The Pissed from Connecticut, which were a great 
political hardcore punk band in the mid 90s but anyway this is caustic christ and this song is called doesn't anybody want to impress jody foster anymore great title Christ, doesn't anybody want to impress Jodie Foster anymore? And for the, if anybody is too young to understand that reference, uh, John Hinckley, who shot Reagan uh, in 81? Sounds about right, yeah. 80, 81? I mean, yeah. it, was, it was 81. It was real early in his presidency. He was doing it to impress Jodie Foster, who he was in love with or something? Well, because it was the whole, um, it's from the movie Taxi Driver, right? When... Oh, was that? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. When De Niro uh, was the crazed ex-Vietnam vet, right? And yeah, yeah, jo- yeah. Jodie Foster played the young prostitute. Um, and but there was a subplot with he was helping out on some election or something. So yeah. So now you're going, you're, you're going to see all these awesome shows. My my sons are huge movie buffs, especially my twenty year old son. So my sons are twenty and fifteen, and they're huge movie buffs, and they've been dragging me to all kinds of movies. I have seen more movies this year than I probably have since I was like. 19 years old. Okay, what's the best one and what's the worst one? So I really love the Tarantino Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. It's it's absurd because it rewrites history as far as the Manson family and all that. Now it's it's sort of in the same vein as Inglorious Bastards if you saw that. Yes. Cuz that good, actually good movie. changed history. But it is it's a great movie. It's fun to watch. Um but we went and saw The Joker. Okay. I thought it was all right. Um the acting was great. But then today we actually went and saw the uh, Zombieland 2. And how was which that? I got to tell you, that had a lot of legitimate laughs. It was pretty funny. Yeah, the first one was good. Uh, I mean, it wasn't and... amazing, but it was funny. You know, it's, my, you know, the, I don't want to become a film critic. I'm already a record critic where I had to listen to a record with an analytical ear and look for things that are wrong. I don't want to do that in movies. It's just like, take me away from my life from two hours, you know? Yeah, well, I, I actually went last week for the first time in a while, and I obviously made a big mistake because i went to see that new brad pitt uh science fiction movie ah is that bad ad astra holy shit two hours and nothing happens it's uh literally a snooze fest yeah <laughs> and i actually did fall asleep so that was that well was crazy sometimes you get tired yeah it was like i go and see the joker or go and see ad astra and i chose ad astra so well this this theater i go to it's here in, on the uh, suburban grand rapids it is 
I mean, the seats are like leather beds. Yes, it was like that's. I blame it on the seat. I, I fell mean, there asleep must be like sixty seats in this theater because yeah. every one of them is huge, and there's like enough room for everybody to walk through. I don't know. It, anyway, it was yeah. That's that's what I've been doing instead of going to see shows, and I I need to drag those boys to more shows. But you know, it's it's hard to take your kids to shows because you don't want them to bring them to old geezer stuff where they're just like, oh, this is so lame. But that's mostly what I listen to, so I kind of pick and choose, kind of pick and choose what I bring the kids to, you know. Well, it's tough to find a show as well that's going to be all ages like that these days. Because if it's a show at a at a bar, it's going to be at least we, seventeen and over, and sometimes twenty one and over. We have a pretty good all ages, a pretty good amount of clubs here that do all ages, which actually works out pretty well. Because my youngest son has his permit, so he can drive me around. That's and good. I have, Taking yeah. a bit, yeah. I mean, I I don't I know his permit says the the adult you know riding is supposed to be sober, but you know I think that's more of a suggestion than a rule. Yeah. Well, that's good though. But, I mean, I wish I had someone who drive my ass around. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so so um, one thing that we were gonna do, we we talked about doing is we're gonna have the other person check out something that they haven't listen to something that they haven't listened to and kind of so next time we get together we can kind of have a reaction on that did you have something picked out for me that you wanted me to listen to that i'm not familiar with i did um have Do you, you remember ever, what it was yeah have you ever listened to code of honor i've heard of them i've never listened to them okay fantastic what's the what's the what's the release specifically or is it not that specific they only had one single and they had one album which actually they had one album which was them on one side and the band sick pleasure was on the other side Oh, right. Maybe I remember them, too. But... Uh, Sick Pleasure was Nikki Sicky, who went on to be in Verbal... Oh, Verbal Abuse. Verbal Abuse, yeah. Um, yes. So I love it's... Just an American Band. It's a, it's a favorite of mine. So the musicians were the same on the two bands, but uh, Code of Honor have Jonathan Christ singing, and uh, Sick Pleasure have Nikki Sicky playing. Both great. Jonathan both Christ. great. But, uh, so yeah, so listen to the whole album, I would say, actually, because you'll like the B-side, so you like Sick Pleasure as well. Um, Code of Honor. Yeah, okay. Code of Honor. I think 82 from San Francisco. Huh. Yep. So one thing that we sort of differ on is before I be before I got into punk when I was about started getting into it my mid teens, I grew up in the golden era of hair metal. Oh no. So I okay. actually came up so I so I actually am still pretty metal friendly. I don't really listen to hair metal anymore. But I still love my thrash. You know, I love Anthrax and DRI and, you know, some of the crossover stuff, but a lot of the straight thrash stuff. I still will defend the first four Metallica albums to my grave. Okay. And they're and they're among my very favorites. So I've been listening to a band from San Diego. This is new because you need to listen to new stuff. Because, new? You know, okay. Yes. But if it's metal, I, if it's metal, I can't say that I'm going to give it a fair it's review. Not, well, man. Yeah, I want you to check it out and see what you think because okay. I think it's a it's a – it's a combination of metal and hardcore and thrash, and it's it's very intense, and the voice is very intense. I'm not sure if you'll love it, but the name of the band is Pissed Regardless. <laughs> okay. P-I-S-S-E-D or P-I-S-T? Yes. P-I-S-S-E-D Regardless. Okay. Their new album is called Imperial Cult. It just either just came out or it's just going to come out. I think it is. I think it's out right now. Okay. Pissed Regardless. So, History, regardless, check it out. Their last EP was called "Feed the Birds," and that was really good too. Now that's only like ten minutes long, so uh, I think the LP is about twenty-five minutes long. So if it's if it's too much, check that out. I think it's got some great like New York hardcore type, type breakdowns, some great straight up thrash. It's just like I said, the voice might be a little much, but that's I want to have you check that out. I, I'm real curious to get your reaction on it. I'm probably gonna push you a little bit on this because 
you know, having you listen, forcing you to listen to, uh, you know, Wasted Youth or something is really, you're just going to get, yeah, that's cool. It's a cool single I missed or whatever, you know, and I kind of, so anyway, I'm going to rattle rat your cage a little bit on this one. First All right. Time. And you got to, um, just to give a little bit of background on that. So the reason I never liked metal, yeah. um, except for shit Motorhead and probably Thin Lizzy, but people don't think of <laughs> Thin Lizzy as being metal area. anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, like I was saying earlier, when in England back in the seventies and eighties, uh, it, it was all subcultures, right? You were either a yeah. punk or you were a mod, or, or you were into metal. And metal uh, sweats, we call them, they were the enemy of the punks. At least in Liverpool, we didn't really have any Teddy Boys. There weren't, there wasn't much of a Teddy Boy scene in Liverpool, not like London. So it was the bikers and the heavy metal kids. They used to beat up the punks all the time. So I grew up with a. The hatred Natural of, distrust of yeah exactly exactly and the funny thing is like these days uh all you see at punk punk gigs t-shirts are all black right like that's yeah. they really like, so but back in the day punk bands had white t-shirts metal bands had black t-shirts so i always try and buy i always try and buy a white t-shirt if i can find yeah, but one but then you get spaghetti <laughs> on or something <laughs> Well, not in England, I'm, you didn't, I'm, mate. I'm, you just got fish and chips on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sloppy eater. I don't want to get barbecue sauce in my white shirt. Uh, so cool. I will check that out, and we'll uh, we'll reconvene and uh, and uh, see what uh, we think about that. Okay. So, so the Code of Honor album is called Fight or Die, by the way. Sorry, I didn't I, I didn't tell you the name of their album. Yeah. Can I buy a cheap repress version of it, or do I have to buy an original press for big money? Uh, you can buy the the CD. Is uh, they have a compilation CD with everything they ever did, the single and the uh, album, and uh, yeah, it's called Discogs. Here I Discogs. Here I come. Complete studio recordings, eighty two to eighty four. Yes, and hopefully you will enjoy cool. that. Cool. I probably will. It sounds like you're being more kind to me than I am to you, because there's so <laughs> many of those great eighties bands that had a great single or two, you know, and then sort of disappeared. And I've been trying to scoop those up, but it's just you know every new band you find leads you to another band. It's like, there's no end to it. No, it's true. I guess that's kind of cool too, especially for those of us who are really mostly like I, I, the eighties punk stuff for me is the, is the stuff that I love to collect them all. So yeah, me too. Actually, I've, I've really gotten into that. So, and that's actually something I want to touch on in our next show. Let's, uh, let's talk about that. Okay. Let's remember to to bring that one up. We should, uh, we should probably wrap this up. So once again, we're going to say thanks for uh, joining us. This has been, Punk till I die, and uh, we hope to uh, speak to you in a week or two. Yeah, hopefully you all enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. All right. See you, bud.